Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. My favorite part about the GameTime app? A feature that allows you to click on any seat in a venue and get a panoramic view of what you would see from that seat. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem the code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. everybody, and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, a podcast about the Denver Nuggets from your friends at The Athletic. I'm Nick Cosmiter, joined by Kendra Andrews, and together we make up the NBA Jam duo at The Athletic covering the Nuggets. Kendra, I think we should get t-shirts, right? The, I think the so, NBA too. Jam. I think so, too. I think that's the best way to go about this. Who am I kidding? I can't pull off a shirt with my own face on it. Oh, yes, you can. It's Christmas. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll get one for, for you for Christmas. Uh, okay. That'll be my uh, Christmas Fair enough. for you. I, I do remember <laughs> that, speaking of NBA Jam shirts, one of the funniest moments of the playoffs last year was when... Jamal Murray, uh, I think it was after his big game two mm-hmm. over the Spurs when he had like 20 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. In the post-game uh, press conference, he wore an NBA Jam shirt that I think was made by Homage where it's his face and, and Nicole Jokic's face. <laughs> and then Charles Barkley in the uh, in the post-game gave him, gave him a hard time on the TNT saying, you can't wear a, a shirt with your own face on it. And then um, sure enough, uh, Jamal Murray shows up to game three with – a picture of Charles Barkley's face on it. <laughs> there you go. I, I don't know if you remember this, but when Marvin Bagley was drafted, he opened up his jacket in the draft and it had a picture of his face, of himself. Of his own face. Yes, of his own face in his draft jacket. So I think we could pull it off. We wouldn't be the worst ones. Right. I think it's okay. I, I, I think so. We'll, we'll give it a try. Anyway, this is our free weekly podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Once a week, we'll have this free for everybody. We also have a bonus episode once per week for subscribers that you can get uh, at 40% off by going to theathletic.com slash rainbow skyline. That gets you, uh, again, the annual subscription to all of our written content, this podcast, all of our national podcasts. So great, great value. You get everything right there with one subscription. And those bonus episodes feature interviews with other writers. We, we talk about games after they happen. Uh, last week, our bonus episode included Jason Quick, who covers the Trailblazers for us. And we talked about Carmelo Anthony's return to Denver. So some pretty good stuff in there. Anyway, what we're going to do this week, Kendra, is I, I want to get into this great piece that you wrote this week at Thank The Athletic, um, all about Will Barton. And he is a guy who is having um, you know, I think under the radar, one of the best comeback seasons in the NBA this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a guy who, as you wrote, and I'll let you kind of just run with this, but the the most challenging season of his career. And he missed half of it due to injury. He got benched in the playoffs, got booed by the home crowd, had to fight for his job again in training camp. Uh, and you talked to him about all of it. He, he kind of opened up to you. What Just start off in terms of what was your biggest takeaway in talking to Will about what that year was like? I think my biggest takeaway is that that is – I mean, he even said, he's like, I will never be over what happened to me. And I think that was my biggest takeaway is that he's doing such amazing things for this team this year. But in the back of his mind is still the memories of everything you just said of, 
getting injured, of getting booed, of getting benched, of having to fight for his position. He is never going to forget any of that. And I think something that I wonder about sometimes is after an athlete gets injured and stuff is, okay, well, when you come back, are you scared? Like, are you scared to be aggressive? Are you scared to push people around to, you know, go up and make contact and stuff? And he's like, yeah, I'm still scared of that. I, you know, I overthink things or I'm just in my head. And I think that was my biggest takeaway is that that's going to be with him for forever. Yeah. And, and I, I love the word that he said because he said he used to play um, reckless, but kind mm-hmm. of like in a good way, right? Like yeah. he wasn't afraid to like get in there. And then and then he lost some of that last year. That And, and you could see it. You could see it in the way that he was playing. Um, you know, again, he, he, had, he joined a team that was was humming along mm-hmm. and, and, and all these other players in the NBA had been playing for three months and he gets back and he's kind of tentative. Um, you know, it, it always struck me last year when when he was booed is is just kind of you know hard to understand i get you know fans get caught up in the moment there's there's a lot of energy and emotion and when when a certain player the playoffs are always a much more magnified event so if somebody's like struggling you can really see it if someone's playing well you can really see it you can hone in on it and every game every possession is so important so when you go one for ten in a playoff game it, it sticks out like a sore thumb but again this is a guy who since he since he got traded to the nuggets in 2015 has been a guy who just Wears his heart on his sleeve. He, mm-hmm. he plays hard. And so I, I think that probably, you know, really hurt him. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so. I think, you know, and he talked about that. He said, ever since I've been here, I've just tried to make a good atmosphere, a winning atmosphere, winning chemistry. I, you know, I want people, I want people to like me because who doesn't want to, you know, be liked, especially by your home fans. And I think that that's something that any athlete can take comfort in is, it's, okay, yeah, I'm going to get booed on the road if I'm going to, you know, whatever, people are going to trash talk me. But one thing I can count on is when I'm playing on my home court, they'll have my back, right? right? Like it's just kind of assumed. And then to kind of have that just taken away from you. I mean, I'm pretty pretty sure that's like gut-wrenching. And now to kind of be back and, you know, see people shouting your name and asking for your autograph and your picture, it's like you're the same people that, well, maybe not you them exactly specifically but you know know, the collective group you're the same people who were you know started a petition to get me benched in the playoffs so it's it's, I mean I'm sure that that's a hard thing to you know process and kind of get over because that's you know, I always think of it as like if someone's like came up to me in my face and was like, your writing sucks you should be (laughs) fired you should never write again I'd be like Wow, jeez, <laughs> yeah. that's hurtful. What side of the bed did you wake up on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 to, to a large degree, look, some of this comes with the territory. I mean, it's right. professional sports. Um, you know that happens. And and again, we, when we reexamine the the actuality of him getting benched again at the time, I think Michael Malone made the right move. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I the reality was that Will Barton, um, he just wasn't himself, and mm-hmm. it, it was a series in which um, you know they were getting torched defensively by. Uh, San Antonio's guards by by Derek White by DeMar Ro- DeMar DeRozan by putting Torrey Craig into the starting lineup that really helped corral that backcourt. Yeah. Um, it, it allowed Gary Harris and Torrey Craig to kind of really focus in on those two guys, and it really flipped the series. So mm-hmm. uh, you know this isn't to have revisionist history and say right. you know he, he should have never have been benched because he wasn't the player he is now. But but let's fast forward to this year and the things he said in your piece. Um, you know he talked about. You can choose when you feel abandoned. It was mm-hmm. the word that he used, which was pretty powerful. When you feel abandoned because of all the things that happened, you can choose to either kind of sit with that and feel sorry for yourself, or you can come out and try to, 
you know, try to prove to people who you really are. And he, yeah. that, and he said that's, that's what he's chosen. And you look at this year, he's averaging 15 points a game. Mm-hmm. He, he's rebounding at, at his career best level. He's playmaking. His defense has been, for the most part, spectacular all year. Um, when you watch him play, what, what do you see from him in terms of um, just what he's bringing to the table right now? I mean, I think when you see him play, he, he's playing with a confidence that I think when we're talking about him being scared to play recklessly, I don't necessarily think that that's as much in his head anymore because I think he's playing with so much confidence. I think last game he was on the court with MPJ a lot, which I think was just such a good tandem of them together. And and he was just talking in his ear. I think he refound his voice. And I think that he's just doing all the little things for the Nuggets right now, even if it's not scoring a ton. It's just spacing the floor. It's just making smart decisions and I think that that's been really beneficial like I think I've said this multiple times in the podcast I think he's been the best and most consistent player like all season long and I just think that it's just the presence that he's bringing on the court right now is really impactful for this team yeah and it's it's wild to think that this was a competition going into training camp about yeah. who's going to be the starting small forward it was him Craig who mm-hmm. I think got into that competition because of the work he did in the playoffs that Agreed. Michael Malone really respected uh and and then watching Hernan Gomez and Michael Porter Jr you know Hernan Gomez had it played consistently at really any point in his career and then mm-hmm. Porter obviously being a rookie um yeah. you know I <laughs> You really, I kind of really wonder whether that was ever a true competition or whether it, it was, again, just saying it, it was an ode in respect to what Torrey Craig had done in the playoffs. But whatever the case was, it, it was no doubt from the very start that, yeah. that Will Bart was going to be that guy. I agree. And, I mean, I, I wasn't here last year for the playoffs and stuff. So I could, during the, the summer and the competition, I could only, like, speculate from – what I saw on TV and what was being told for me now, like from the team, from you, from other writers, from the coaches. And yeah, I mean, I think you remember that one day when, when Will Barton came up to us at training camp in the Springs and someone asked him about the competition. He goes, There's, no one told me there was a competition. <laughs> right. Like, I think he had it in his mind the whole time that this is my spot and I'm just here putting in work. And, and I completely agree. I think that from the start, because I think, and I think the way that Michael Malone has been playing guys like Torrey Craig and stuff is that he's been really playing him as a defensive-minded player. So mm-hmm. when he needs a boost from defense, he's going to be more in the rotation. When he needs more offense, okay, maybe he'll bring in Wancho. He's kind of been floating around Michael Porter Jr. right now. But I think Will, it's like he's that two-way player that you can kind of depend on on both ends of the floor. Right. I think because of that alone, if there was a competition, that gave him that much more of a leg up on the other players. Yeah, certainly. And the fact that he has he's really played with this starting group for mm-hmm. a long time, um, you know, the, in a small sample size last year, he, he was great with that unit. Um, and, and I think that was always going to give him the leg up. It's just the familiarity that he had with that group. Yeah. And, and one of the things I've liked recently is Michael Malone, the, the bench has been struggling quite a bit. And so he, he's kind of made a concerted effort to always have one starter on the floor. And a lot of times, especially in that second quarter, end of the first quarter, mm-hmm. that guy's been Barton. And what, what, what I think is so neat about what he's done this year is that he really has been comfortable in his space with the starters, knowing that I'm not necessarily the first option. Sometimes I'm not even the second option. Um, but I'm going to be okay with that. I'll fill my role. And he's just been so comfortable in that. And then when he comes in with that second unit of being like, okay, I'm a little more of a creator with this group. I'm the one that's got to kind of push the tempo and and get guys involved. And I think he's just like kind of balanced those two things really well this year. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that he's a really great person to be that uh, 
kind of middleman between the starting unit and the bench unit because he can fill different roles because he's technically like the small forward, but he can play kind of he can play shooting, shooting guard. guard. He, he, can, he played some point guard the other day when Jamal Murray got hurt. Exactly. So he's kind of just that. He can just kind of morph into whatever the unit that's on the floor needs, and I think that that's really beneficial. Yeah, maybe we'll, he'll see him play at center hey, at some point. You never know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, if you if you haven't read the piece yet, go to theathletic.com slash nuggets. Um, you'll see it there again, Will Barton. Uh, Kendra had a great interview with him and um, yeah, just so go check it out. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. With Calm, you also have access to nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves and so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash nuggets. Unlock content to help you focus ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash nuggets. That's calm.com slash nuggets. The other big news of the week since the last time that we spoke is Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. um, who looks an awful lot like the Nikola Jokic <laughs> who won All-NBA Center, who was an all-star, who had an amazing uh, playoff de- debut. Yeah. Last night, or a couple nights ago against the Knicks, they, they win. Um, it it's, continues the string of six games where Nikola Jokic uh, has been excellent, averages of um, close to 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7.5 assists. Um, and, and Michael Malone comes out and says, I'm still wondering what's wrong with Nikola Jokic. Um, and obviously he, he's a guy that uh, had some struggles, had some self-admitted struggles at the beginning of the season, wasn't shooting the ball well, at times looked disengaged, um, and, and just really didn't have that rhythm. What, what, have, you, what have you seen from him this week that, that kind of um, you know, really shows where he's at? I mean, I just think that he looks – he just feels – like I'm making a hand gesture and I don't know what this hand gesture <laughs> actually feels lighter, means. Like yeah. in, in more ways than one. I think exactly. feels that's the word I was physically light. Like, you just, it, like the, there's a lightness around exactly. him. I completely agree. Whether it's, he does look lighter and I'm like, what workout plan did you do for the past two weeks that have just made you lighter? Can I get on it? That's just not <laughs> fair. And also just like, he didn't, he didn't ever look uncomfortable on the court, but he just looks more comfortable on the court. He's making those – I think – I mean, I think they're playing through him a little bit more. I think he's passing the ball more. I think uh, he's more uh, – I mean, Will Barton talked about this. Nicole, you talked about this. But he just needs to be more incorporated into that offense, and I think they've been doing that. So maybe that's helped him find his groove a little bit. But he just looks more like himself. He's running more. He's passing more. He's shooting better. I just think that, yeah, like you said, it's the Nicole Jokic that people kind of expected him to be. Yeah, and it's kind of wild. I, I think there, there was a certain heaviness to him when, when the, again, to use that, the, the word the other way, but I don't, yeah. I don't mean weight in that regard. Yeah. I just mean there was just like a, um, you know, almost kind of like a cloud that was yeah. kind of hanging over him to begin the year. And now he's just like, um, you know, we were in the locker room with reporters the other jokes. day, and he's making jokes yeah. about how we all look like pigeons <laughs> on a streetlight just waiting to, <laughs> to interview him, which was a good call out. Um, and, and again, that's when they're at their best, when he's when he's playing freely 
And one of the things that's happened kind of the last few games specifically is that the Nuggets have gotten back to really just running off of him, mm-hmm. like cutting hard, being active, moving bodies. Uh, and he he's that's why I think you're starting to see so many of the last couple of games. When, whenever you start to see him with all these the highlight passes, the yeah. you know the lobs, the backdoor cuts, that's how you kind of know everything is starting to flow. And when he adds that to uh, the fact that he's shooting, he's starting to kind of get the, the three-point rhythm back a little bit. I mm-hmm. think over the last six games, he's shooting somewhere around 35%, which isn't great. But considering he was a guy who was at 22% kind of going into this stretch, right. that's that's only going to, I think, go up a little bit more. And when he's when you're forced to get out there a little bit and cover him or at least make that shot difficult, it just opens up so much more of that stuff that we're seeing. Exactly. I was just going to keep spreading the floor. It's going to give them just so much of an extra boost. I mean... It's, 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 he's their best player. So when the, your, your best player is playing well, that's only going to do good things for you guys. Right. It's, it, it really does come down to that. And as a result of Jokic's you know, performance, we're starting to see the offense is kind of coming around a little bit. Like mm-hmm. they're not setting the world on fire just yet. But yeah. I, th- I think that you're starting to see some things that give you hope that maybe they're going to snap out of this pretty deep freeze that they were in for, for all, almost all of that road trip. Yeah. And, and even even going back to like, you know, the game at home against the Lakers before they left on the trip, their, their performance in Sacramento. Uh, before yeah. that, where they just weren't um, weren't on the same page, and, and yeah. I think we're starting to see um, see that happen. Um, another another kind of notes a, f- a few notes from the last week or so is that um, you know Michael Porter Jr. has kind mm-hmm. of put himself now, or, or or he's been kind of put into an actual rotation. He's yeah. going to play uh, consistent minutes now. That might not mean fifteen to twenty every night. The yeah. other night he he played about five. Uh, but against the Knicks, he gets into the start of the fourth mm-hmm. quarter in a th- in a three point game. What what are you kind of seeing for for Michael Porter Jr.? To me, it's kind of like there's there's all that up and down, that mm-hmm. vacillation, that you know, really moments that make you say wow, followed by some moments that make you say wow. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and and you know, that's kind of one of the things that that I'm seeing seeing there from him. What what what's yeah. just been your impression? I mean, I agree, and I think that that's expected from like any rookie to have those. Wow, and oh gosh, moments. I think that, and, and Malone talked about this, uh, I believe it was pregame against the Knicks, of just how important the only way to learn and develop is by playing in-game basketball. Like, you can play as much on the practice court as you want, but it's only going to do so much. Um, and then and the Nuggets are in an interesting situation without having their G League team, their own G League team, so they outsource a lot. So, with that being said, I think that having Michael Porter Jr., having these more opportunities in consecutive games and not playing once for five minutes, then waiting a week to play another five minutes and waiting three games to play ten minutes, and having those consecutive, consistent spurts is really, really beneficial because I think uh, in the Portland game, that was the game before the Knicks, right? Yes. Yes. It, he he looked a little lost on the floor. Oh, no. he, Thunder were Saturday. Thunder, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget that? Thund- yeah, back-to-back, uh, <laughs> three and four days for the second yeah. time in two weeks. Yeah, a lot of basketball. But, yeah, the Thunder Against on the Thunder, Saturday. he looked a little lost on the floor, kind of didn't quite know where to go. And, and then against the Knicks, the next day, he – just in that 24 hours, he looked more comfortable. He looked a little bit more like he knows where he should be, especially on the offensive end. I think there's still a lot of work that needs to be done on defense. But I just think that goes to show it's like, okay, he played on Saturday night. Yes, that's the night it was. He played on Saturday night, made those mistakes, came back the next night and knew what he needed to correct and didn't have to wait 
Right. A, and that's why you that's games. why you play young players exactly. because it, it's it's um you know you you used um you know the term for your Barton piece it's it's in your prefrontal cortex <laughs> yes. right so like the stuff that just happened it's it's ingrained in your memory and uh what I really like about what he's been doing to this point is he's been an activity player mm-hmm. and, and and by that I mean he is um he's making hustle plays he is uh, crashing the offensive glass, he's cutting hard. Um, he's just being really active, mm-hmm. and and I thought it was interesting when he said, you know, basically right now I know I don't have the role that I'm ultimately going to have. I know I'm not the focal part of the offense that I'm, you know, hopefully at some point going to be. Right. Um, but right now he he understands that to make his impact, he has to use those other tools he has, which is which is his athleticism, which is his length. Mm -hmm. Um, His rebounding to me has been really impressive. There's still times where he's lost in terms of who his man is that he's supposed to box out. But in terms of just like using his length, his his energy, and and just sort of a natural instinct for how to go get the ball. uh, Again, last the the, the game on Sunday against the Knicks, he played 11 minutes and had eight rebounds to go along with his nine points. So those are things that he can do that make a direct impact on winning. And if he continues to crash the offensive glass and and rebound, it's going to be a lot easier for Michael Malone to play him. That's one of the things yeah. that he really appreciates. Um, again, he's going to live with, even though he has to like his face turns <laughs> red, he's going to have to live with these defensive kind of breakdowns that are purely a result of Michael Porter not knowing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, And he said that the other night of it's still this defensive terminology that is the hardest part to mm-hmm. grasp. Um, you know, he says it's, it's almost like you're, you're having to study. You know, it's, it's, you know, like a, a college course yeah. that you, you get crash course in. And in that game against the Thunder on Saturday, he spoke to the fact that he went in at power forward and, you know, so he had kind of been small forward, small forward. And while we, we say, yes, positional basketball, there are some differences in the position terminology yeah, when, when you're in the game that, that it's, it's a matter of him. I think if he sits down and looks at it and you're talking to him, he knows it, but it's a matter of when you're Doing out there it. of not having to think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. So anyway, so, th- so those have kind of been the big things for the week. The Nuggets finish up a five-game homestand by hosting the Orlando Magic on Wednesday. They then host the Timberwolves on Friday before uh, heading to L.A. for another matchup with the Lakers uh, next week. So continue to keep it locked in here. Again, we'll have a bonus episode this week after the Orlando game for subscribers. You can go to theathletic.com slash Rainbow Skyline to get 40% off an annual subscription that will get you that podcast and all of our written content. Until next time, thanks for stopping by. 